If you or someone you know are a struggling Major League Ball Club and are in need of riding the ship, come to Great American Ballpark and play a few games with the Cincinnati Reds. <sighs> Why the Los Angeles Dodgers completely dominated the Reds this year and how the Reds and Dodgers can work out yet another trade between the two teams is all ahead on today's crossover edition of the podcast. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reg and Locked On Dodgers. Thanks for making Locked On Reg and Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day. We are all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all platforms. I am your co-host of Locked On Reds, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside co-host Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds and co-host Jeff Snyder from the Locked On Dodgers podcast. Uh, we all have a passion for baseball. We all have a passion for our teams, and we have all turned that passion into information for you. On today's crossover edition of the podcast, we will answer a few questions like just how many MVPs would Freddie Freeman win if he only had to face Reds pitching? Will the Dodgers win the National League again? And what can the Dodgers offer the Reds for Luis Castillo or Tyler Malley? Today's crossover episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Reds and Locked on Dodgers listeners can get $50 off purchases of $500 or more using the promo code Locked On at checkout at BlueNile.com. All right, Jeffs, both of you, the Dodgers absolutely smashed the Reds seven times in 2022. Jeff Carr, how does that make you feel? Bad. I need a Coke. It's that bad. It's a Diet Coke, isn't it? Well, I'm trying to watch the, uh, you know sugar intake no i'm just that that was a rough series to watch i was at the ballpark for game two and just every single time it seemed like the reds scored a run it was like great well we won't get shut out because there was just so much of an overmatched feeling to all of it and they even said there was a couple of different reports whether you're talking about some beat writers who got to talk to guys after the game or there was even sam green uh awesome photojournalist for the Inquirer who said that he was in the dugout. He's been in pretty much every team's dugout at different points during the season. And he said that there's a common thread amongst successful teams. They're loud. They're excited. They're happy for their teammates. And he's never felt that when he's been in the Reds dugout and especially this year. And moreover, I mean, 52 to 18 in seven games, 52 to Jeff, what what on earth, man? Yeah, I mean, the, the first four-game series, you thought, oh, we, we held the Dodgers only 24 runs in four games. That's a, that's pretty good. Uh, but then, you know, 26 runs in three games this time. Yeah, I accidentally smiled the whole time you were sad in your intro. I hope that's okay. I hope that doesn't ruin the video. But, uh, you know, this is what the Dodgers needed. And, and the fact is, like, I, I don't really know because the three guys who pitch for the Reds are pretty good. You know, we're going to talk later in this episode about how the Dodgers might be able to get one or two of them from you guys. You know, I mean, the, the, you got very highly touted, touted prospect and two really good pitchers and, and the Dodgers just put a beating on all of them. And obviously uh, the Reds bullpen getting involved doesn't help 
any cause for for the Reds ever. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's what the Dodgers needed, and I don't know how much of it was facing Reds pitching, how much of it was hitting at Great American Ballpark, but it's not like, you know, even the home runs they hit today, it's not like they were wall scrapers or anything. They were, you know, legitimate home runs. And so, you know, I I think it was just kind of the Dodgers offense kind of came together, but whatever it was, it's what they needed to to right the ship a little bit because uh, Dodgers offense have been struggling a little bit coming into the series. I tell you, and we got a surprise here because this is another great way to put it as well. There's an old Waylon Jennings song about whistlers and jugglers and singers of songs. Today's Dodgers-Reds game was about the whiffers and strugglers who became bringers of dongs. What's up? It's Jeff from Locked On Dodgers. Any chance to bring in a Shel Silverstein lyric, I will do it. The Dodgers beat the Reds 10-5 to behind unexpected big days from Max Muncie, Justin Turner, and Cody Bellinger. Uh, Muncie and Bellinger both homered. Uh, Turner had two doubles. And oh yeah, the usual suspects too. Trey Turner had three more hits. Freddie Freeman had two hits and a homer. Will Smith had another homer. All around, great team effort. Dodgers had 16 hits and four walks. A ton of traffic on the bases and scored at least one run in each of the final eight innings of this game. Good, solid performance by Clayton Kershaw. Solid performance. One run in six innings. Uh, it's it's kind of what we expect from the starting pitching these days. The only thing that kept this from being a perfect baseball game was Phil Bickford had a hiccup, allowed four runs in two-thirds of an inning, including... A three-run homer to the worst person in the world, Tommy Pham. Other than that, though, great game all around. Yancy Almonte was great for an inning a third. David Price had a solid ninth inning, and the offense showed up, putting up a total of, what's that, 20, 26 runs in three games? Yeah, we'll take it. So be sure to check out Locked On Dodgers first thing in the morning for all the talk about this one and looking forward to the Brave series. Make us your first listen. Man, I feel like I need a cigarette. I don't even smoke. All right. All right. A couple things. First of all, I love anytime anybody can incorporate a Shel Silverstein lyric or writing, you know, that's I see you're drawing a cash shirt. You got some some love. That's an autographed copy of where the sidewalk ends right there behind me on the on the shelf. Love Shell. Uh so good job. Yes, boy named Sue. Johnny Cash, uh, love that. Secondly, worst person in the world, Tommy Pham. I don't know that an organization that is writing paychecks to Trevor ba- Trevor Bauer gets to call anybody the worst person in the world. But hey, they're I will not say this: him. they're not when, paying him. Well, they did, <laughs> and, and oh, so the, did the Reds. Yes, we did. <laughs> I no, I Jeff, I just Jeff Carr, you stay on my side. <laughs> but no, I, I will tell you that that thirdly, last piece of this is that that might be one of the best. Locked on nows. That was the day of, for sure of the year. That was a home run. Good job on that. Well, thank you, dude. I I I've watched it three times since you did it. I've been laughing the whole time because you're right. I mean, it was absolutely. It just encapsulates this entire series. The Reds absolutely got outclassed in every single way, and. I, I I've wanted to be a little bit more competitive with some of these post game or post series uh, crossovers, but haven't really been able to this year. And this one for sure was just like, well, the Dodgers are feeling good heading into Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, you know, you go into any series, your goal is to win the series, but when you are the Dodgers going into series with the Reds, the the actual goal that you don't say out loud is we should really sweep this series. Yeah. You know, and we this should be the series where we get on track offensively. We sweep this series. We get some momentum going up against the Braves. Everything that you don't say out loud, but you hope for deep in your heart, is what happened the last three games. Well, and it it might not be to the Dodgers, but I'll I'll say this from the Red side of things. Um, trade Tommy Fam now. Three hits, Homer. 
two outfield assists in one game, like, I mean, come on, trade him right now. Maybe you can. And then you guys wouldn't have to root root for him anymore. (laughs) And we wouldn't have to root for him anymore. I tell you what, uh, you know, if there was ever a doubt as to where the Reds should be, and uh, there really shouldn't have been at all, it's firmly within the seller's column, Steve. We look at which Dodgers prospects might be available as we talk with Jeff here, uh, which ones aren't, and we build a mock trade between the Reds and Dodgers. By the way, if you want to build the perfect engagement ring, head to BlueNile.com. Jeff, you're a jewelry expert, right? You know exactly what you're looking for whenever you're talking about the shiny stuff. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I know I'm not. I'll tell you this. I, I know that I have no clue. And blue- You can't even say jewelry. Yeah, I'm trying my best to say shiny things rather than jewelry. Uh, no, but when it comes to finding the right piece, whether you're trying to celebrate a special moment or if you want an engagement ring that's going to be a showstopper, check out BlueNile.com. You can put together a very unique ring that you can choose the shape of the diamond, the size of the diamond, the setting of the diamond, and they've got a lot of great experts at BlueNile.com who are going to help you out. Some may call them jewelers, but when you take a look at the kind of inventory that Blue Nile has, you'll be blown away. Plus, you can get a great offer today. Locked on Reds and Locked on Dodgers listeners get $50 off a $500 order by using the promo code locked on at checkout. That's promo code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in the kind of packaging that's not going to give away the gift that you just got somebody. Because let's face it, everybody's looking for an Amazon package nowadays, and Blue Nile is going to make it so that nobody's going to know what's going on. So go to BlueNile.com today, and in the checkout section, in the How's You Hear About Us area, type in or in the in the promo code area, type in locked on. I was getting ads mixed up. Steve is not surprised. Meanwhile, if we look at the Dodgers and the Reds odds to win the NL pennant, I think everybody's pretty uh, not surprised to learn that they're very, very different. There's a huge gulf between it. In fact, Jeff, the Reds are the worst and the Dodgers have the shortest odds. They are the favorites to win the NL pennant at plus 225. You throwing a couple of bones on there? Uh, I'm not a gambling man, uh, but, you know, this doesn't seem like much of a gamble, so I might as well. <laughs> it's going to be a dogfight, I think, between them and the Mets. But I, I geez, the Dodgers are so freaking stacked. And then on the flip side, if, if you want to bet on a, uh, you know, major league style ending to the movie, Steve, did you know that if you put one dollar on the Reds right now and the Reds were to somehow win the NL pennant, you'd win five hundred dollars because the odds are plus fifty thousand. I've already wasted a hundred dollars on the over under and I am not going to be betting any more dollars on the reds this year. No, I, I can't say I blamed you, but yes, that's 50,000 bet online has those odds and bet online is the best place for you to go get your info on your next bet. Check out BetOnline.net today and check out the trends and actions on the, your desktop or mobile device. Bet online is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Reds and Locked On Dodgers your first listen. One live NBA show is not enough because last night they had an amazing event where every single 
NBA show went live during the draft. You can check out the podcast forms of all of those shows on your favorite NBA channel today because Locked On NBA covers the NBA draft like no other network can on draft night. And you can check out the podcast today. All right, Jeff, we have thoroughly covered the fact that the Reds have been outclassed. They've been out, man. They've been outgunned. They were just destroyed. So let's look toward the future because the Reds and the Dodgers, like we said, are going in different directions. The Dodgers are looking for an edge. They're looking for that dude who can get them over the hump and make it almost intuitive that they're going to the World Series and that they can win the World Series. But there's a couple of things they need to do first, and it all starts with prospects, 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 prospects. The Dodgers don't usually have to worry about such a thing because their front office is amazingly aggressive and knows how to build a team, but they've got some dudes who could be available and probably some dudes who are untouchable. So let's start with first, who are some prospects that the Reds would be enticed by if they offer, say, this dude back here, Luis Castillo, what kind of prospects would the Dodgers be willing to offer? You know, you you said the word untouchable, and I almost never believe in the word untouchable. The Dodgers traded their top two prospects last year for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. When you have a trade available that's Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, there's no such thing as untouchable. You know, I would trade my mother for that (laughs) trade last year, you know. Uh, You know, when they traded Alex Verdugo for Mookie Betts, yeah, I would have traded my dad for Mookie Betts. Sorry, Dad. Love you, but, you know, go play for the Red Sox now. But, uh you know, when it comes to guys like Castillo and Mally, you know, I, I, I don't think those guys thing. quite reach the level of Scherzer and Trey Turner. And so, you know, I, I'd say for all intents and purposes, Diego Cartaya is untouchable. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know that there's anybody even remotely available on this year's trade market that would make the Dodgers even think about that. I think the same is probably pretty true for Bobby Miller. Uh, Their pitching prospect to... Uh, you know, throws 100 miles an hour, has great secondary stuff, looks like he's going to be a dude. He's, you know, uh, a lot of people compare him to Walker Bueller. There's actually not many similarities. He's quite a bit bigger than Bueller and more advanced than Bueller was at this stage of his career. Uh, you know, doesn't mean that he's going to end up better than Bueller, but, you know, so I, I'd say those two guys are probably pretty untouchable. And then you get into kind of the, the next tier of prospects where, the fact is that, you know, the Dodgers by, you know, and Keith Law had them ranked the number one farm system this offseason. They they were more like in the definitely top 10 everywhere, top five most places. Uh, and, and that is because they have a lot of prospect depth. They have a ton of guys, nobody with the huge high ceilings, although Diego Cartaya may end up being one of the top five prospects in baseball pretty soon. Um, but But overall... It's just a lot of prospect depth. And when you have that many prospects and, oh, yeah, you also like to spend money on established big leaguers, the fact is a lot of these guys exist for the purpose of getting traded to get you what you need at a trade deadline. Um, and so it's hard to say which ones, you know, but they, they in the 20, was it just last year's draft? In one of the last two drafts, I think it was just last year's draft, they drafted I think 19 of their 20 picks were pitchers. So they have a ton of minor league pitchers and there's not going to be room for all of them. And so you, you've got guys who, uh, you know, Ryan Pepio isn't quite at the same prospect level as Bobby Miller, even though Pepio has made his major league debut and has a crazy good changeup. And I really believe Pepio is going to be really good. He's a guy who might entice a lot of teams. He's one who 
it's kind of the borderline for me between untouchable and this is the guy we're actually pushing because he's going to bring back the most in return. Uh, you know, Pepio could be a guy. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, Landon Knack, Maddox Bruns, Andre Jackson, uh, Clayton Beater, they have a lot of pitching prospects who could be enticing to some teams. Uh, on the offensive side, you got Andy Pajes, who has a ton of power. They actually almost traded him to the Angels the same week that they got uh, Mookie Betts. They had a trade agreed on with the Angels. They were going to Ross Stripling and Jock Peterson and Andy Pajes to the Angels for Luis Ranjifo, and, and I think it might have been Taylor Ward. Uh, they never said that name. but uh, And then Artie Marino got his feelings hurt that the Dodgers were waiting to see uh, how things worked out with their their. Mookie Betts trade first, and Marino said, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Uh, Pajas now is, he's kind of a stud in the outfield in the minor leagues. And so he's a guy who, when you've got, you know, you got Mookie Betts, you've got a lot of outfielders. We don't know what they're going to do with Cody Bellinger after this year. And what they do with Andy Pajas, this trade deadline might kind of give us a little bit of insight into what they're thinking about doing with Cody Bellinger next year. Pajas plays some center field. He's not... I don't think he's a major league center fielder, but the Dodgers have Chris Taylor, who they, they can shift over to center field if Pajas needs to play a corner outfield spot. But uh, you know, he's a guy, Miguel Vargas. I think he's probably the future at third base for the Dodgers, but there are questions about whether he can stay at third base defensively. Uh, and third base, if he can't, then there's not as much room for him on the Dodgers because you know they've tried him at first base in the minor leagues. Well, I don't know if you heard the Dodgers recently signed a first baseman for quite a while. It's pretty good. So you know, <laughs> they they do have the DH now, and so Vargas could. But you don't really want to go with a 24 year old as your hey. You're a full time DH now for the rest of your career. Right. I think they're going to want him to play the field somewhere, and so he's a guy who I could see him starting at third base for the Dodgers later this year. I could also see him getting traded in July and. Vargas is a guy who definitely would entice a lot of a lot of teams because I mean he he's good enough to hit in the big leagues right now. They're just trying to figure out will he can he play defense anywhere. And Steve, when uh we look at the Reds here, who's available? Well, everybody not named Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India, Hunter Green, and Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft are available. Uh, let's be clear about that. But but obviously, Luis Castillo is the Reds' biggest trade chip right now. That's going to be the guy that brings the best return to uh, the minor league system. So when you look at that, you have to think that, you know, the Dodgers may have to actually let go of one of these guys that in normal circumstances you would think might be untouchable in order to get this deal done because the Dodgers are not going to be the only team uh, calling about Luis Castillo. And I don't know that Tyler Malley will bring as great a return in prospects to the Reds as Luis Castillo will. So I think that the Reds have to be very careful and very strategic about pulling the trigger on a Luis Castillo trade. Uh, they really do need to maximize his value and it's really just going to boil down to who in major league baseball wants la piedra more well and, and jeff said it right that the dodgers are very keen on paying for major league talent and they're very aggressive when it comes to those numbers and when it comes to those contract years and i think that luis castillo is kind of the perfect fit here because I think he's priced himself out of the Reds even if the Reds were the type that probably would sign him to some kind of a long-term deal 
uh, they're not going to. So it's going to be a situation where he is going to be available. And I think that's why you keep seeing him at the top of like available trade chips so far as pitching goes, because the pitching market itself is going to be kind of thin. Cause I was looking at some of the other names on that list and they're just nowhere near as impressive as Luis Castillo, though, to your point, it's, it's definitely a separation between Max Scherzer and Luis Castillo. He's not the kind of guy that you just, you know, basically set down a blank checkbook on the Reds desk and say, what do you want? <laughs> and the interesting thing about Castillo is like, I, I understand where you're coming from, Steve, but Luis Castillo's performance doesn't necessarily warrant that, you know, mm. and he's got the lowest strikeout rate of his career this year. And, you know, I think a lot of teams are going to be seeing him as, Oh, he's a guy who has good stuff and maybe we could fix him. Not that he's broken, but uh, Luis Castillo, almost without exception, every year has been a guy who's like you, you're almost always looking at him like, well, he's he hasn't quite has much had as much success as we would have expected with that stuff, you know. And this year, maybe even more than most years, that's the case. He's not even getting the strikeouts. You know, used to just be oh, he's getting a ton of strikeouts, but he walks too many guys or he had some bad luck or whatever. This year, he's not even getting the strikeouts. And while I do believe that. Uh, if he went to the Dodgers magical pitching farm, he would be that guy. I don't know that the Dodgers are going to be willing to pay for him like he's that guy, if that makes sense. It, it does. And I do I do want to just say this about Luis Castillo's numbers. I mean, you're absolutely spot on with the strikeout rate. But everything else, also bear in mind that he has had one of the worst defenses in the history of the Cincinnati Reds lined up behind him. If, you know, the, the bloated corpse of Mike Moustakis playing third base, you know, random minor league call up playing shortstop uh, when Kyle Farmer is out. Uh, random whoever they can stick at whatever position on a daily basis playing everywhere else it's been bad in Cincinnati so some of the numbers reflect that some of the extended innings and uh, throwing the starting pitchers off their game because they have to throw a 30 pitch inning because the infield missed three ground balls all those things have added up but you're absolutely right on the strikeout rates Uh, that is a problem that he needs to correct in order to get his value up and I'm hopeful that in his next couple of starts maybe he'll manage to do that before we send him pack in for a nice prospect in return yeah because they have to trade him right mm-hmm. like, they have to absolutely it would be have ridiculous to. for them not to trade him and like you said other than those few names you mentioned they should be trading everybody you know if they can find somebody who wants the worst person in the world tommy fam they should trade him you 100%. know they, they should and then you guys wouldn't have to pretend to root for tommy fam anymore it's a win-win uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah i but i'll tell you this it's very It's very evident. I mean, in the past, the Reds and the Dodgers have been very friendly trade partners, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be again this year. I don't necessarily know exactly what that looks like, but I got a thought about that or two. We will set the stage because it's, well, I mean, we've already set the stage. We will build a trade between the Reds and the Dodgers coming up next. Make sure, though, that you are following us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow Jeff Snyder at Snydog with no Fs. And, of course, you can... 1G, though. 1G. 1G. And then you can follow the, uh, both of our shows at Locked On Dodgers and at Locked On Reds. There's no Fs in those either. 
which makes it easy to spell, I guess. I don't know. Well, I tell you what, we have kind of broken down, you know, what what sort of prospects there are in the Dodgers system that the Reds probably aren't going to be able to get. I kind of thought because I was looking at this the other day as to some targets that they could have. And Bobby Miller, I, I kind of figured he was a little bit too high in Diego Cartea, especially. But I did look at Andy Pajes. I really like what he has done and the reports that I read about him in the minor leagues and the reds quite frankly are pretty thin in the outfield. When you talk about what's coming up through the system, we look at some guys who are playing shortstop right now, or who are listed as shortstops who are playing elsewhere, who could possibly play in the outfield for the reds once they get to the major leagues. But if we could have one bona fide dude out there, I would like that. And I think that he is a dude that if the reds were to trade Luis Castillo to the Dodgers, I'd like to see him back in a potential package. So if we include Andy Pays, what else would there be? Is this something where it's like, okay, you got him. Now we got to go down the list a little bit, or do you not have to go down the list that much? Yeah. You know, th- there's a reason I'm not a general manager. Uh, <laughs> it's, I I don't know that I would be very good at, at making trades. Uh, but you know, Pajas, I think is, a good enough prospect that he can highlight a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, he can be the main guy in a deal that you would refer to it as the Castillo Pajes trade three years from now, you know, even though there were three other guys included. I think, you know, if you look at uh, when the Dodgers got Manny Machado, mm-hmm. it was five prospects for Manny Machado. When they got uh, uh, U Darvish, it was Willie Calhoun and two other guys. You know, they, the Dodgers, kind of are built to go with not quantity instead of quality, but maybe a little bit lesser quality because of the quantity they're going with. And, you know, a team like the Reds who, I, I don't know, they the Reds have a lot of experience making trades the last six or eight months because they've traded everybody on their team. And uh, it's good experience you know, or not. That's up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I, I could see them going with Pajas as the highlight and then drop down a little bit. You know, you maybe go with the Andre Jackson, who has some major league experience, has good stuff, potential to be a solid major league starting pitcher. But he's not he's not going to be a number one pitcher. But, you know, he he could fill in in a rotation right now. I mean, he could fill Castillo's spot in the rotation today. Even though he's not currently in the big leagues, he's got big league experience. He could do that, you know, and, and go with the, a few things like that. And then it it just comes down to what the Reds are looking for as far as you know position wise in, in their prospects. But I uh, I think I could see a, a package highlighted by Andy Pajes, uh, Andre Jackson, and maybe two other prospects who are, are down a little bit uh, on the Dodgers list. Uh, I will throw out that I would not be opposed at all to uh, them working out some way that uh, Jonathan Solano's little brother Donovan comes back in the trade because, uh, you know, that right now the Dodgers have uh, Hanser Alberto kind of filling that bench role, the right-handed bat off the bench. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Donovan Solano, the best hitter in the world, would be a better option there. You know, Jeff's, I think also for the Reds, we've talked about on our show that 
there is a notable absence of any first baseman in the Reds pipeline from, from Cincinnati all the way down to Daytona. Basically there is not a legitimate first base prospect that anybody's really talking about. So that would be a need, I think to at least bring somebody in to, to try and, and fill that hole and also never underestimate the fact that the Dodgers have the ability to do something that will make the Castellini ownership group very, very happy. And that's write a check for cash. <laughs> so if you can't, if you can't find just the right prospect fix, fit for this team i can guarantee you the dodgers can write a check big enough that will make old bob pull the trigger yeah the the dodgers only have three guys in their top 30 prospects who've played any first base at all michael bush was drafted as a first baseman but then they turned him into a second baseman and he's uh bush is another one of those guys who in this current trade market might be borderline untouchable he plays a position that the Dodgers might have a need at soon at second base, and he, he's just tearing it up in, in the minor leagues this year. Uh, and he hasn't played first base really in, in the minors at all. He They basically said, no, you're not a first base anymore. You're a second baseman, and it's not a transition you see very often, but it's, it's worked for him. Then they got Miguel Vargas, who first base, like I said, is one of the positions they're trying him at because they don't think he can stick at third. And so you know maybe Vargas highlights the deal instead of Andy Pajas uh, if you really do want a first baseman. Uh, and then they've got Justin Yurchak way down on the list, who isn't going to highlight anything, but could be one of those. You know, he, he's got he's got some pop as a hitter. He's a he's a decent hitter, and could be a guy you take a flyer on as one of the lower level prospects coming back in a trade, if for no other reason than that he plays first base. So let's say this. I, I think what I'm getting, what I what I'm hearing a little bit is let's let's put this together. Luis Castillo, Donovan Solano. For Andy Pajes, Ryan Pepio, and uh, Yurchek. I don't know that I'm going Pajes and Pepio. Okay. I, I go Pajes, Andre Jackson, okay. and, and Justin Yurchek. I mean, if you're getting back uh, Solano too, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that. I, it's hard to see on this market them going with Pajes and Pepio in the same trade. Um, I don't know that there's anybody who's going to bring back that package. Um, but, you know, maybe you go, I, I don't know, like uh, a Michael Grove, maybe, who's all, also made his major league debut this year, has really good stuff, has taken a lot of steps forward in the minor leagues uh, the last couple of years. Um, but, yeah, Pepio, I don't think they do Pajas and Pepio. Okay. Well, that's worth that's worth thinking about. I'm I'm interested to see just exactly what's going to materialize because I have a hard time believing that Nick Crawl's not had conversations with the Dodgers about what they could look forward to in this trade season. But that's going to wrap us up here today. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun talking about this series, and I'm not going to lie. I'm really glad the Reds don't have to play the Dodgers anymore. Yeah, and I thought the Dodgers did a good job this this week of driving down the trade value on a couple of those starting pitchers that you guys are offering. Yeah. So. Probably also helping themselves in, in in the in the process. Yes, but that win 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 baby win win. Except win. for you guys, win 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 lose. That's been the way it's been all year. That's that's just the way it's been all year. But I tell you what, we are going to continue to be covering the Reds and Dodgers every single day. Make sure you check out Locked On Dodgers, as Jeff said in the Locked On Out we played earlier. He and Vince are also going to break down this coming up Brave series. Plus we. 
have got Reds Giants in San Francisco. And speaking of in San Francisco, Steve is going to be in San Francisco. Hopefully, he sees somewhat better baseball by the Reds. I don't. That's know. right. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna drop in there for Saturday and Sunday. So anybody, if you're out at the ballpark in San Francisco, come up, say hi. Uh, be happy to talk to you. I'm looking forward to it. And then uh, I'll be in Cincinnati in July. So gonna get a lot of Reds baseball over the next couple months, Jeff. Hey, with the Reds playing the Giants, we're all Reds fans this weekend. <laughs> there you go. And that's going to be a great way to end this. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now go check out Locked On MLB. Sully's got you covered with all things, both past and present, baseball, because he's been a baseball fan for a while. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds and Locked On Dodgers, free and available on all platforms. We'll talk to each and every one of you on Monday, and Jeff's going to talk to you here in a few minutes. <laughs>